You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. Hey, and welcome back. And I know it's been a little bit, so thanks for your patience. It's been a busy one. I don't know about you, but the end of summer sure picks up when you're a youth pastor and you've got camp and everything going on. Thanks for your patience. Today, we actually have an awesome kickoff podcast coming back into after about four weeks of no episodes. We have guest with me, the Modern Bushman. On TikTok, if you look for him, it's just at Modern Bushman. He has about 192,000 followers at the time of this uh, recording. But it was amazing because I came across his content a few months ago. And just hearing him share the good news of the gospel, he lives in Alaska, really interesting, awesome guy, really just fell in love with the word. And I just loved his approach uh, to do just defending the gospel and communicating it. And I invited him to come on and address maybe one or two of our apologetic questions. And I introduced, you know, some of the uh, Stoa speech and debate side of things where we talk about the specific podcast topics from that lineup to help equip you with tools to learn how to answer those apologetic questions. But this one, we actually just went a little bit deeper, heard some of his story, and we, we touched on a handful of these topics throughout the entire podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I could have recorded a lot longer with him, and I sure hope to have him back on our show pretty soon. But with that said, I don't want to take up any more time. Let's get to the episode, and let's hear from our guest, Ryan. Yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about you, man? Like, just real quick, so everyone listening, they, they, I found you on TikTok, right? Sure. So as for me, all right, I'm a bit of a wild one. I'll just tell <laughs> you, I'm not going to. Uh, I don't know the rules for debates so much. <laughs> I mean, I've watched it. a million of them, but you know, I don't have the uh, technical understanding of standing in front of a thing. And if I had six minutes every time I could make a, a video, though, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have anybody able to reject what the word says from that standpoint of the word itself. Now, as far as science and math and all that stuff goes, I love talking about that all day long in relation to God's word and apologetics, I guess it would be called. Yeah. But I live out here in the bush in Alaska and I'm kind of, you know, not, not in a, I guess maybe in a beastly sense. I've always kind of been more of a wild individual compared to my peers right i grew up out in a trailer park in rural kentucky and my favorite place to go was out back we had a creek behind the trailer park and it led through this super long railroad tunnel that had uh, like four or five tracks above it and in the back of that was wilderness in the back of industrial park it was just no man's land forest for as far as i could walk as a little kid you know Right. And uh, no roads, no trails, no, it was just wilderness out there. And so me and my friends from the trailer park would go back there and build our forts and have our adventures. And there was no parents, there was no supervision, there was no adults. We would have our knives or our axes or whatever we could fandangle out of our parents' sheds, you know. <laughs> um, this one kid had an axe from his grandfather's shed and I had conned my grandparents in a trip to Michigan into buying me one, so I had one too. And uh, we never got hurt with them, praise God. But uh, we did build a lot of stuff and have a lot of adventures, man. 
And so I also grew up in in a city. Hopkinsville, Kentucky is it's not it's not a large city, but it's not a small town either. It's it's big enough, you know. Right. And uh so I had I had that duality there. I would go into school, into town, into the city and uh come home out into the country. I was the last kid to get off the bus. Mm. Okay. And so that that kind of shaped my per up, I think. And so Right around the time I was 12, my parents got a divorce and the church that I was had grown up in, my grandparents went there. We had always gone there. My parents had met through the church um, originally. And so all that fell apart at the same time for the same reason. And uh, I became extremely skeptical of authority, <laughs> mm. I'll say. Um, I became extremely skeptical after watching the adults who were telling me the rules misbehave themselves all in... Pretty right. unbecoming manners, I would say, according to the word of God. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, wait a second, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on here? I, I gained a severe mistrust for anybody trying to teach me anything. Okay. Yeah. And so I went to school with that attitude in elementary school. It all started in like third grade, I think. And the teachers were like, who is this kid and why, you know? Right. And so that was my school career all the way up through to high school to graduation. I had a 1.87 GPA and they kicked me out. They didn't want to see me back. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's literally how I graduated. And, uh, but my junior year, I had gotten a scholarship for scoring in the 98th percentile in all the subjects taking a test because I didn't trust anyone to teach me anything, but, Mm -hmm. and I was belligerent to anyone trying to teach me anything at all. Yeah. But I taught myself all the stuff I was supposed to. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't do the homework, but I had to go to class mostly. mostly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I garnered from class and while sitting there, listening to them drone on, I would read the book or whatever I had to do to pass the time. And, uh, that's how I ended up passing that test. Wow. Is that I knew the stuff. I just was belligerent. Okay. Right. I, I did. I went to algebra one, my sophomore year of high school, because I moved halfway through the semester and it messed all my classes up. So I had to take algebra one again. And <clears throat> I vowed to get a zero in that guy's class because him and I on the first day, I, I was just like, nope, not this guy. And he was like, no, not this kid. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I said, I'm, I'm going to get, he gave me a four to spite me for showing up once or twice. He gave me a 4%. Oh man. That's how, that's, that's how much vitriol was between me and my teachers. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I went to college and it was different. I took that scholarship money and I went to the local satellite school, community college and, uh, picked what I wanted to learn. Okay. They just gave me free money and I didn't have to go for anything. Right. So I picked world religions and sociology, political science. The Bible is literature, old Testament and new Testament and, um, philosophy, logic, mathematics, computer, logic, stuff that interested me. So at this point of the story uh, of your life, uh, were you, would you still consider yourself? I had rejected uh, as a Christian? God entirely. You rejected God, but you you were still going to take no, all I was, these classes. I okay. was never a Christian. Okay. I wasn't a Christian to begin with, and I can I can talk about that later. But okay. growing up in church and thinking and being taught a thing about the Bible, everybody thinks you know, and it's true. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and that God raised Him from the dead, and you shall be saved. Mm-hmm. 
but who is the Lord Jesus? Mm. Who are you believing on and what are you believing about him? And I didn't know anything about Jesus having grown up in church other than the tropes. He died for your sins. Well, what does that mean? Well, who cares what it means? Just believe it. Well, that's not going to work, man, because if you don't understand what it means, how can you believe it? That's good. Okay? Yeah, true. I, I had no I had no understanding of the Bible. I had only been taught things out of it, and those were incorrect, come to find out later, most of them. Mm. And mm-hmm. at least the details, the right. details of it, the concept is still all there. But the details of what does this actually mean according to what is written in the Bible by God, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's the infallible word of God, in my opinion. It's There's no error in it. Absolutely, absolutely. It it is truth. So so at that point, I was not saved already. I had had heard the word in some fashion, okay? But Paul even clarifies, don't— Nothing, no, no other gospel than what you've received from me. Okay. Anything else is not it. Right. Mm -hmm, Right. So I don't believe I had received the gospel as it's written yet. And, uh, I had rejected all authority, including the Bible and God, because the people that I cared about most and were supposed to be the ones guiding me in life to grow up into a godly man, um, turned out not to be really doing that or believe in the things that they were saying. And so, it mm. appeared, and I didn't understand right. man and his flawed nature and in his flesh and the flesh warth against the spirit. I understood none of that, and so I threw it right. all out together. Absolutely. I didn't believe the Bible. I didn't, didn't want to read the Bible. didn't believe Jesus was it because I begged God, don't let my parents get a divorce, and I didn't understand prayer, and I didn't understand God's will, and I didn't understand free will, and I pinned it all on God. Either he hates me, or he's bad because he let this happen, or... He doesn't exist. Okay. Mm. Those were my options. Right. Either way, either way, it's not the Bible for me. Okay. At that point. Right. Right. When I got to college, this bad student that couldn't pass a class, I got 4.0s in those classes, man. 4.2s or more, actually. (laughs) Wow. World Religions, my World Religions final. I was waiting for my cousin out in the truck or my cousin was waiting for me out in the truck because we were going to meet a guy about a thing. And I ran into that class in a huff, sat down, scratched my final exam out on a, on the paper, slammed my pen down and ran out of the class. Cause we were in a hurry. I won't say why, mm-hmm. but we had to meet a guy about a thing and there was a time schedule <laughs> crunch there. All right. Mm-hmm. And, I get uh, <laughs> and, uh, I got a 4.2 on that exam, man, and I scratched it out as fast as I could because while those other kids were trying to pass college, I was learning. All right. I wanted to know this stuff. Right. I learned about Hinduism and about Jainism and about Sikhism and about Buddhism and about Catholicism, all the isms. I learned all about the isms. And uh, one thing I noticed there as an unlearned student was, hey, these all say the same thing. It must all just be a story we all tell, right? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, my professors concurred in sociology <laughs> and political science and world, they did. world history in those classes. They concurred. Oh, of course. It's just like the bow and arrow. We all come up with the same story because it's all based on nature, the sun, and the stars. Yeah. What I didn't know at the time is that Genesis says right from the get-go, that the stars are for signs and for seasons. It's not that the Bible tells the story of the stars. It's that the stars tell the story of the Bible by the mm. right from the get go. I didn't understand right. that. 
Nobody yeah. ever told me that stars are bad, astrology bad, signs and seasons uh-huh. what? No way, you know? Right. No, God did that on purpose so that those how did the wise men know that Jesus has been born? They knew the Follow stars the star. and they were looking. They were exactly. looking for that because they exactly. knew from the word of God that they had heard and they were from a different place even, man, but they had heard Right um, from the word of God that the stars tell the story of the Savior, and they saw the right. star. It's true. Well, Not I mean, s- in, H- in the ancient, you know, some of the ancient temples of Israel, the synagogues, they even had astrotheology type symbols throughout the actual building itself. You'd have you'd have star patterns, and like nowadays, you know. It's not that I think we should all be open up a Snapchat and find out no. what the horoscope is, but no, you know what I mean? That's all. not what it is, but not everything at all. is a counter, counter, counterfeit of the truth, you know? Exactly. Exactly and indeed. Um, yeah. Exactly. We shouldn't go chasing after astrology. That's not what it's about. For and sure, yeah. Those ancient wise men had to go seek the Savior. We have a more sure word now in the in our hand. Mm-hmm. It's the Bible. We don't need to look at the stars. We've got the Bible right here. That's right. And the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So, and yep. Christ holds reality in his hand. His word is the prophecy of that reality. I'll take that. I don't need the stars now. I've got it right in my hand and I can read it every day. And right. he also sent Holy Spirit. That's right. If I study this word to show myself approved, then my head is full of it and I, I remember it. And Jesus said that the comforter will teach you all things, but he specified whatsoever I have told you. The Holy Spirit Mm. is only able to teach us from the word of God. And that only if we've studied it, that's how it works. Mm. And that's how it goes. That's good, man. So So you're getting your education here and you, you still, they're just affirming your your perspective of like, Oh yeah, this is just a collection of, you know, yeah. You know, bow and arrow type stuff is what you said. So now, sure. so, so now so I, you're at this part of your story. So I landed hard on scientism, materialism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything is just a part of the material nature. And it's inevitable, according to Stephen Hawking, because of stuff like the law of gravity. And the physical laws of nature are all that is needed for us to have mm. consciousness. It's, it's inevitable that consciousness should derive naturally from the laws of physics. Okay. Mm -hmm. And inevitability, it must be because it happened, right? Right. Yeah. So that's, I I landed there wholesale. And that's (laughs) what I started preaching about. And that's what I started spreading around. And that's uh, all of my Christian relatives. We had a uh, group chat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My mom set up a group email so that we could all reconnect. (laughs) So (laughs) so they could all, so they could all try and convert you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that we could share and share about our families and stuff. And somebody, it was right around the time of 9-11, mm-hmm. and uh, all, that, all that had just happened. And then people were, here's one of my biggest, one of the things that I hate most, not the people understand, but the activity. Mm-hmm. The thing that I hate most is to see that Christians or people wearing the name of Christ spreading falsehoods about things in order to get their point across. I hate it the most. Mm, yeah. Um, so, so right around this time, everything was going around social media that there was a that there was a verse in the Quran about a mighty eagle shall be awakened and arise and destroy you or something, you know, talking okay. about America and and I had a Quran and I had just studied all through this in school, you know, and so I got on the chat and was like, nope, here's what that verse says because they quoted a verse with a with a reference, you know, 
Right. And it was about giving, uh, it was about giving to the poor. That's what the right. verse was about. Nothing about a mighty <laughs> equal, nothing. <laughs> right. Right. No context whatsoever. It was just completely made up fabrication to say America can go stomp the desert now, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, that's what they were saying. Man. But, and I came in there as a student with, no, we're doing logic, we're doing reason, we're doing facts. We're not doing our own experiences or fluffy duff. We're doing facts and logic and reason. And it doesn't say that. And man, they hated me for saying that, which that wasn't a grievance at that point on, on my behalf, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I had not transgressed against their God, against anything. I had just told them the truth. I hadn't even said anything religious at that point, Right. Right. Just pointed out, you fellas are believing this this um, hoax. This is a hoax. Right. Being spread it's on the internet to con- stir you fellas up against something. Yeah. Yes, this is not true. That's all I said. At that right. point, they threw stones at me, man. I'm not joking. Oh, yeah. They all what? condemned me to hell for it. You well, don't know. They sure. have different translations. And I'm like, no, you don't understand that the English one that I have is illegal according to their their book itself. So, right. Right. No, they don't have different translations. No, they do mm-hmm. not. It's not right. even. It's not even supposed to be written down at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. There's no no depictions of of, of Muhammad. No. You know, like. So here they have a chance. Here mm-hmm. they have a chance as Christians to look it up for themselves if they could be brought to open up a book so cursed as the Quran. Mm-hmm. I got a whole thing about the Quran, but don't worry. <laughs> um, you can cut this part out, but the Jesuits oh, no wrote that. I'm certain of it. Oh, really? Um, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's like a paper trail. There was a priest down in the way and he had lots of gold. And man, he funded the whole thing with Muhammad and set up him as warlord. And oh, man, there's a whole wow. thing there. And there's a paper trail to boot. Yeah. I won't go into all the conspiracy about it today because people think it is and it's not. It's just history. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's just history. Yeah. It's just history. Anyway. I was going to say, isn't it the goal of people uh, today is to turn history into conspiracy and pretend like it never happened? <laughs> Well, that's the reason you see so many, so many, man, uh, I used to be into conspiracy. I looked stuff up, but from a historical mm-hmm. standpoint and not from any of this wackadoo planet Nibiru nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, if you study medical science even, and if you get deep into that at all, um, you see the methods that they use to shape nations and um, disinformation is the uh, major one. So... Right. So you got a million wackadoo conspiracies, but some of them are just history and they're not conspiracy. They're just lumped in with that because the dudes with the tinfoil hats on use that as part of their story to tell their wackadoo conspiracy. Lizard people running the world, you know? Yeah. 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 Nephilim. And that stuff I is mean, so I mean, there's ridiculous. Nephilim stuff, but, you know, it's like it, it, people go really to a whole another Bro, uh, Nephilim is level. different. Ne- yeah, Nephilim different. is different than freaking lizard people Liz- on yeah, TV. Yeah, type stuff. Yeah. 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 Chimera type stuff. That's what's right. happening there. I mean, not to say that's not in the genetics somehow from Ham's wife or somehow you ended up with Goliath with six fingers and six right. toes on his hands and feet and all his brothers had it and they were all giants. King Og of Bashan, who was the last of the giants, it literally says that in the Bible. Yep. Um, yep. His bed yeah. was 13 feet long, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, I, I, and I people say, well, it. that's not a giant. No, I, I listened to Dr. Heiser. I don't know if you heard any of Dr. Dr. Michael Heiser's work. I keep and, hearing his name. I don't I don't listen to anybody's stuff to be honest. I don't, sure. I don't sure. have a lot of time for for sitting in I like I don't watch TikTok very much. More I'll I'll watch four or five in a row and then I gotta 
I'm on messages do. on TikTok and I'm in the comments on TikTok and there's no end to that. Oh, and yeah. People are asking some pretty deep questions that need answers, you know? Right. I feel obligated since I've opened my mouth to go through those. And that's where sure. I spend most of my time now, to be honest. Right. right. Um, but yeah, on the, on the, the messages, the fan, you know, the size of his bed, like I guess the, the measurements in the size of his bed also had to do with occult worship of the time. And the, so there was a more of an element of the dimensions of the bed in connection with sexual occult rituals as than just his size. But yeah, that it, do, it does. It, it is. Yeah. So it was a really cool little piece that he did. And, and that's why I kind of like Dr. Heiser a little bit because he's very, uh, he's a theologian, but he's about as supernatural worldview as you'll ever get. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's, sure. it's just pretty cool stuff. I, I appreciate it. But yeah, anyway, just, I would just respond to, you know, Aga Bashan that you're talking about with it there. But I mean, you're, you're going around and you're, you're just getting stones cast at you, you know, for bringing truth about what was written in that Quran scripture. So right? what that did for me was to, it just reinforced my belligerence. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, I turned nasty immediately when they threw those stones at me. I said, well, listen about your Bible then is what I said. <laughs> and I had just learned in, in the Bible, the New Testament as literature from a Methodist preacher, pastor, a Methodist pastor, whatever they call them over there. And she was a woman and she taught me all about how the Bible was just like Santa Claus wow. and how it's all allegory. And it's just to put the point across. And it doesn't even matter if any of it actually happened. It's only the moral of the story to reconcile us back to God so that we understand and do it ourselves basically ah, was her spiel. Got it. And so Methodist, right? Method. Yep. Here's the method, right? The Sandy mm-hmm. Claus, just follow the story and do what it says. No. Nope. Right. As opposed to it being a, so, a literal work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so some of these professors that, that claim to be Christians and pastors and leaders and gods and shepherds, they would talk about contradictions in the Bible. And instead of reconciling them with Scripture, because there's no such thing as a contradiction in the Bible, they said it was a contradiction and then used that to expound on how it was allegory. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. So I ended up, yes, I ended up already going in there saying the Bible's bunk. I'm going to find out. And then I found out they told me the Bible was bunk. And I was like, sweet. I knew that. All right. Right. So as soon as I said the Quran doesn't say that, and those people, instead of saying, huh, they said, oh, yes, it does. They doubled down, huh? Oh, no, it don't. (laughs) Yeah, they doubled down, and I doubled down, too. I said, well, listen to your Bible. It don't say this neither, and it don't say that, and it don't mean that, and this don't mean that, and here's a contradiction, and here's 15 more in that family group chat. My mom shut it down about three days later. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I felt so bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it went, it wrecked because they're all Christians. They're all right. Christians. And I was a young, fresh out of school, belligerent, know-it-all. Right. And you were, uh, you were getting equipped with all this knowledge from these other teachers and yeah, whatnot. And it, they reinforced all of my pride and my ego and my flesh. If, if materialism is all there is mm-hmm. and morality is only just to get along in society for the production of better results for all. Right. But there's also the element of rising to the top. You can step on anybody on your way up so long as it ain't too heinous, right? I mean, we all still have sure. iPhones in our hands and we know they came from factories full of slaves, didn't they? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. We still do it. I got clothes on. Here's where Paul says, when you eat meat in the shambles, don't ask anything and just say thanks for it because mm-hmm. what clo- where did my clothes come from? Right. You know? And even if they came from such and such a good such and such place, five years later, I'm going to find out that they were the most heinous behind closed doors. And, mm-hmm. you know? Ask right. no questions. Just, just, just use what you got to use. It's all here. Right. Yeah. Um, have clean conscience. 
yeah. Have a clean conscience. This is what it is. This cursed earth, man. I hate it. The cursed part. You know what I mean? Right, right. Absolutely. I, lo- I love God's creation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just wish it wasn't so stinky sometimes. Right. You know, I was just going to sidebar there because since, you, since you're talking about this earth, sidebar quick, like answer, then we'll jump back into your testimony here. This earth, I believe yep. that as we partner, according to First Peter 3, with our baptism, as the earth was covered in flood, the word language is, is used synonymously sure. there. And, and yes. so... And we have clean conscience before God as an appeal of clean conscience before God. So we participate with the flood of the earth and what Christ did on the cross in our baptism. And then says, in you, and then later you shall be baptized by fire, right? And that's when Jesus sends the comforter, right? Do you sure. think that is part of restoring us to the Edemic commandment through the blood of Yeshua Jesus that in when this earth fades, is, is done away with, do you think it's actually all the... Uh, work of man that's done away with on this earth and will actually return to this earth as though since we were baptized by fire then the earth will be purged by fire at some point and if you took the flood analogy and baptism and then you took the baptism of fire analogy and fire do you think that we will come back to this earth but this earth will be made as new i think that's exactly correct i think that's exactly correct and we come back to the earth before we who are dead come back to the earth before right. the millennium. Yeah. Before Depending the, on how people feel yeah, the for the thousand year reign. And right. that was another thing I was always taught in church was that for a thousand years, we were going to eat the marriage supper up in heaven. Right. Right. And that's not what the Bible says. I mean, Christ comes to rule the earth with a rod of iron and we reign with him as kings and priests for a thousand years. Oh man. I and got, after I got that, so the tired judgment. of, I got so tired of uh, hearing about, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you get saved, you live forever, and then we're going to go to heaven. It's going to be like one giant. I'm like, is it? It's going to just be like one giant worship service because that doesn't sound. I mean, I love Jesus and all, but I get tired after about, you know, 40 minutes of a worship session. You know what I mean? Unless the band's well, really hot. <laughs> so. Even when we die, everybody mm-hmm. is caught up on this soul sleep. Do we sleep? Are we awake? Or what what right. happens? We yeah. see a picture of it right there in Revelation chapter I don't know, six or yeah. seven, whenever Jesus is opening the seals. At seal five, the martyrs show up under the altar and they're crying out, hey, what happened? You know, get mm. get these mm-hmm. people back for this. Right. They're crying for vengeance. And what happens is what I would take as what's going to happen, in my opinion, for everybody. They're okay. given white robes, their wedding garments and told to rest a little while. Mm-hmm. And I think that ties into in my father's house are many mansions and I go to perplex to prepare a place for you so -hmm. that when you die, you don't go to hell, you go to heaven Mm -hmm. and you see heaven and you see everything and you receive your glorified body. And we see a picture of Christ ascending and receiving his glorified body in Zechariah chapter three as Joshua, Yoshua, you know, and a lot of people don't know that that's just the obvious picture there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's so much old Testament actually that is written in, uh, 90% 90% of, of the book of Revelation. Like, it, it's really an Old Testament picture of a lot of things that were accomplished. And, and so there's, there's, there's descriptions in there of things that already took place. Uh, but then there's sure. also descriptions of prophetic things yet to come. But even with that, he's still, John on the island of Patmos is still using verbiage and language that scholars and readers of the Bible would know that he's referring specifically back to, you know, Zechariah and the eye, you know, the seven spirits of God and, and, and whatnot. And it's like, oh, this is actually Old Testament 
context that he, he is using to bring pe- pe- scholars and people who know the word and readers of the word and rabbis to be able to connect the old with the new. So it's the completion of the old, but a coming of the new as well. And so it's kind of interesting when you really, when you really become diligent in, and when studying your Bible actually costs you something more than a, you know, three minute devotional, how quick can I get it in in the morning kind of thing. Let me tell you what I have found related to directly what you just said. And here is a fact, and you can check me on it. And don't just check me once or twice. <laughs> check me in every 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 two or three chapters of the Bible. Right. Let me tell you what happens, okay? Yep. Here's what happens, starting in Genesis and culminating in Revelation, and I'll tie it together in just a second with the New Testament and the coming of Christ the first time. In every chapter of the Bible, or every one or two chapters together in a story that has a clear beginning and a clear end over the course of one or two chapters okay like Mm -hmm. jehu we'll Mm -hmm. take jehu for instance because it's easy right jehu over the uh, the second kings chapter 19 maybe i don't know okay jehu and jezebel and ahab the king okay Mm -hmm. yeah over those two or three chapters of jehu there the first chapter tells the whole story of the second coming of christ in one chapter in foreshadowed events that actually happened, okay? Hmm. Yeah. And if you go to the next chapter, you see it all play out again, starting over at the beginning and culminating in Armageddon in the next chapter of Jehu, two chapters in a row. And let me explain this to you real Mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. Okay? Okay. First, the story of Jehu starts with somebody running into the house and dumping the oil in his head and anointing him. That's an obvious picture. You're king of Israel, okay? Right. An obvious symbol. Not not a direct Jehu's Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. Right, it's a right. Pic- it's a picture told in history as it happens and then was written down, okay? Right. It's Yeah, it's, and it's a type, you know, a type. A type, yes. yes. People, an, yeah, an allegory that actually happened, if you will. Right. Okay? The Bible is mm-hmm. all allegory, but it actually happened. Yes. Okay? And the allegory that. is this. Jehu gets anointed, and then I'll have to really look at it. To, I did a thing on this on YouTube, but you see the common elements come through. Jezebel, <clears throat> okay? He comes mm-hmm. to see Jezebel, and but before he does that, he goes and smites Ahab in in the Valley of Megiddo, which is mm-hmm. a picture of Armageddon. Okay. Anyway, Jezebel, and he says, "Who is anyone with me?" And two or three eunuchs pop their heads out, and that ties into the end times too with one hundred forty four thousand, for they are virgins. Okay, mm, yeah. and you can study this through; it's there. For they are virgins undefiled with women. Two or three eunuchs pop their heads out, and he says, throw her down. <laughs> and then they throw her down. And that's the whore of Babylon getting thrown down in yeah. type. I guess yeah, in type. Say. Yeah. Man, I was actually in just type. reading this just the other day. It, it's funny that you're bringing it back up. But, you know, I feel like the Lord, you know, the the, the Holy Spirit's even leading just the you know, believers as a whole to really that's pursue his word true. and in and, and, and similar veins. So, yeah. I, I believe so, because there's poignancy to stuff, and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit knows the poignancy, and so he's teaching us the word of God. That's what it says. That's what Jesus said he would do. He teaches us whatsoever I have told you. And so it's common, I, I find, that believers say, I was just reading this in this when I'm making videos, even I was just reading this, they say. Yep. And so I think that's very common. Right. So another scene from Jehu would be where he gathers all the believers of Baal into the temple of Baal. 
And he says, <laughs> um, look, look around among you and make sure there's no believers of the Lord here. Only worshipers yep, of Baal. Only only. Of Baal. Get them yep. out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so they get them all out of there. <laughs> all right. This story. And that man. is a picture. Yeah. That's a picture of. Are you still with me? Yep. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'm good. I thought here. I lost yeah. you. No, I was just saying, man, this, this okay, story is Okay, that is, is the story. Yeah, the story is, gather ye the tares first. Okay, from Matthew, mm-hmm. the, the picture of the harvest. Gather ye the tares first, but gather the wheat into my barn. So we know the tares get gathered first. And where do they get gathered? They get gathered at the valley of Megiddo, the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of decision. Get ye down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where the tares are gathered to be burned is at the Valley of Armageddon to fight Armageddon when Christ comes back. And that ties also into the harvest. And you can see that in multiple places in the Bible. Right. But get ye down to the Valley of Megiddo. That's the picture there. The type is uh, he, he gathers them all in the temple of Baal and burns them. Okay. Yeah. And so, and we even know that's the type because he burns them there. All right. Gather ye the tears to be burned. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and he makes sure there's no believers of the Lord there. And how does that happen? If you just look at the sixth seal getting broke, you find out how there's no, there's no believers in the temple of the Lord there when they burn up the tears. Right. But, um, so look, that's that same thing. And it's not just those one or two things that I pointed out. It's the whole story is played out there and you can see all the elements. I did that on YouTube Yeah. Um, for those two chapters. And I'm going to do it for every story in the Bible because it's in every single one. The same story is in um, Jacob and Esau and Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca is a type of Christ in that story because she gives it to Jacob by mercy for grace reason, she wants him to have it. Esau is out working for it by command of his father. Go work for this blessing and come back and I'll give it to you. Right. And while Esau is out working for the blessing, Rebecca comes and says, Hey, Jacob, go and do this thing. And uh, he's like, no, the curse is going to come on me. And she says, no, your curse be on me. Cursed Mm. is every man that hangs on a cross. Right. Yeah, yeah. Your curse be on me. Only you go and do. And so he goes and does and comes back and she takes Esau's fine, puts them on Jacob. And that is a picture of the church and the Jews. The Jews are out working for it and they didn't get it. They lost it by doing. And right. Jacob got it by grace. Go, go get it. And people are people fight me on that so much. No, Jacob's not the church. Yep, he always has been. And let me tell you how Paul clarifies that for us. He clarifies it for us with Isaac and Ishmael and says that Isaac is the church and Ishmael are the Jews. He says so spiritually, not not physically or like by lineage, but spiritually. The the nation of Israel is the the children of the bondmaid. And the church, who is from every nation, tongue, and creed, are the children of the free woman. And Holy Jerusalem is the mother of us all, the believers. Holy Jerusalem is the mother of us all. There's a whole thing tied up in that I just saw, too, in the Bible. Um, But that's a, a, a type of Christ. Now, let me tell you that the first coming, the birth, and the crucifixion, and the resurrection, and the ascension is another type and another foreshadow of the second coming because all the elements are there. Um, The spreading of the gospel, the 
man, I would really have to have this in front of me to go through accurately. The spreading of the gospel is there. The Judas being the betrayer is the same thing as Jesus saying, your friends and family will be the ones that betray you to death. Okay. The birth, crucifixion, and resurrection of Christ is a foreshadow of his second coming with the same kind of order and the same events acted out on a much larger scale in history. Being like Judas is the son of perdition and the coming wicked one is also called the son of perdition. Um, The betrayal of Christ at the hands of Judas is the same as the betrayal of, as Jesus mentioned, your, your own family will betray you, your friends and your brothers and members of your own house will betray you to death. That's the same picture. They do so with the spirit of the Antichrist, the son of perdition, just as Judas had the spirit of Antichrist and was the son of perdition. And so, and Christ rising from the dead is a foreshadow of his second coming and the resurrection of the dead, believers. Mm -hmm. And every chapter of the Bible tells the story of the second coming, and the second coming itself tells the story of the thousand-year reign and the judgment at the end. And we don't know what that's all going to look like yet, but we will. And the whole Bible from cover to cover in every chapter or every one to two chapters to culminate every single story foreshadows the thousand year reign of Christ and the judgment. The elements are there in every story. If you just look, it's plain as day too. It's not something you got to dig for. It's all there. Right. Right. It is. And I did get that. That was great. (laughs) I know we had a little issue with, uh, the Wi-Fi there for a second. But well, it allowed me I think to clarify through it. that thought anyway. So. Yeah, no, that's great. So let me ask you on all of this, because uh, I know clearly something shifted at some point in your life that sure. you, you now you now really do follow the Lord. Ernest Hemingway says, basically, all thinking men are, are atheists. He stated that in 1929. And, sure. and I mean, you were really, really gifted student, even though you didn't you know, care much about school, like you could pass the test like no one's business. Uh, you did your diligence, you put your time in, you studied, you approved people wrong in a lot of a lot of circumstances. What what really was it that helped you bring you to that breakthrough point that you finally decided, man, this is this is what it is? Because I feel like a lot of people in the context of if you believe, then then you're you know, if you believe in Jesus, you, you must not be that intelligent. In fact, I was talking with a friend of mine today. He's a raw vegan nutritionist over in New York. Uh, he's like 92 years old and running marathons. This guy's amazing. Dr. Fred Bishy. And he was on a podcast a few years back with a, with, it was a pretty notable guy in the health. And since you're, when you're into, you know, fasting and, and nutrition and, and raw vegan health and veganism, you know, people really start to just assume that you're in it for the spiritual aspects of save the animals and this and that. And he does, he does have an element of like, he respects the animals. He's never eaten other animal, but he's got that Genesis 129 mindset of, of how to eat. And he was on this, this podcast and it had a handful of people and a really big name, a yoga instructor was there and he was talking. So well, you, you do yoga, right? Right. Dr. Fred. And he said, well, you know, I mean, I do, I, I do breathing and stretching, but you know, you can't really divorce, uh, yoga from the spiritual aspect of it and he said i but you know i'm a i'm a believer i believe in jesus christ and he said you could hear a pin drop in that room sure and and then and then one of the people on the guest the podcast said well wow i'm, I'm just i'm surprised at that statement dr fred i i, I thought i took you for an intelligent man and then whoa almost as soon as it came out of his mouth 
everyone was kind of looking at him and, and he said, I didn't mean it like that. I, I didn't yes, mean to did. <laughs> but yes, he did. He just got yes, embarrassed. But that's the thing is because it feels like for you, your journey, you were on that path of, of out to disprove everybody. And, and you, and you didn't have that trust of leadership and the people that you thought were teaching you uh, didn't even know what they were teaching and you felt really betrayed. And so where, where did you really find that, that, that deliverance from from that and into the truth. Well, let me just tell you to summarize. I found it in affliction. Okay, mm. um, what happened was my I met my wife and we moved out to North Carolina. Started a new life. It was going well. I had worked to put her through school, so she was doing well as a nurse in a new hospital or in the hospital in Chapel Hill, UNC. I got a job working for the town of Carborough and got up into streets maintenance as high as I could get before because I was going back to school was my plan. Mm -hmm. I worked to put her through school. We moved. She got a job. I got a job. And then I was working to go to school too for graphic design and web design and just online at night, you know, and we were making good money and we were succeeding more than either my or her parents had ever succeeded. We bought a house new cars. We were doing well, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, things were going well and coming up and promising blue skies ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fairly miserable and bitter as an individual, but, mm. you know, the prospects were looking good. <laughs> right. Um, I wasn't enjoying myself at all, but it was looking like, you know, I could one day eventually attain the goal of enjoying life when I'd gotten right. enough stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was aiming that. at. And so... Basically, what happened was I got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up one day too sick to go to work, and Misty went to work for her 12-hour shift and came home. And I was, like, dying sick, gray, just not doing well. I had been sick all day. And wow. she took me to the hospital, and it was acute pancreatitis. Mm. And uh turned out to be idiopathic. They don't know why it happened. They ran all the tests and did all the stuff, and uh, no reason. It just happened, they said. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, what really happened in hindsight, I think, is that I took an injury to my pancreas in the dojo. Okay. There, there was a dude back from Iraq, like when it was real hot and heavy Fallujah time frame, yeah. I think. And uh, you could just see, man, I felt so bad for this guy because there's no way that I could know what he was going through because you could just see it all over his face. He was wound up tighter than a drum, man. Mm-hmm. And he... He ended up through the course of doing drills, putting a knee right in my pancreas. And I mean, dropped me to the floor, Oof. white sweats, freaking, yeah, I got one. And a week oh, later is when I had my first attack. So, yeah, uh, I think it was ordained anyway. So, yeah, man, I, I hope thorn, thorn, in side, huh? <laughs> thorn in your side, huh? Thorn in your side was a knee in your side. Yeah. Yes, it remains. And so, so I got sick with that one time and then, okay, it was over. Back to normal. Everything's going good back on track everything's going good then we bought our house that happened actually just before we bought our house and then we bought our house and moved in it back on track everything's good mm-hmm. and then boom it happened again and then this time i didn't go to the hospital because i knew what it was and they didn't yeah. do anything for me except make me comfortable while i was there and then they literally didn't let me drink water for a whole day and then when they did give me food it was all the sugar out of the kitchen to test if my pancreas was functioning i'm like dude this doesn't function a normal pancreas all this sugar what are you doing 
Right. Don't you know I just came off of pancreatitis? Why would you give me a master load of sugar to find out if it's working? Just, oh my, anyway. Yeah. So what happened was I got sick again, didn't go to the hospital, um, got sick again, didn't go, got sick again. And it was over the course of like a year it was happening. Just kind of every couple of months it would happen. I would go camping and the campfire smoke throughout the night while I was sleeping had too much tetracarbons in it. Mm. Uh, tetrahydrocarbons for my pancreas and so it would make me sick and it turned out that the job that I had occasionally doing asphalt repair work the asphalt is just loaded with tetrahydrocarbons that gum up in your pancreas and my crew leader from that job actually died of pancreatic cancer wow wow the same time that I was getting sick with pancreatitis so no telling what was in the asphalt for but it got him completely in his pancreas. And with that knee that I took, it got me in mine too a little bit. Right. So that, cause that's too much of a coincidence right there. We both got sick at the same time, but, right. <clears throat> but he was a saved individual okay. and he told me the gospel, even though I argued him left, right and sideways, <laughs> I know for a fact that man went to heaven and I know for a fact he did, mm. but cause he tried, he stayed telling me the gospel, man. Yeah. But when he died, I was in dire straits. I wasn't, I didn't die. Okay. Yeah. But I was there I, uh, in the, over the course of the last four months of this thing before it like really culminated in absolute disaster. I had lost 45 pounds of muscle and 20 pounds of body fat. Wow. And I weighed 200 pounds. I was 10% body fat. So I was like lean yeah. muscle from, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was pretty peak condition, 10% body fat, 200 pounds, and I lost all of my body fat and 45 pounds of my muscle, and my wife was six months pregnant at this point. That's a lot. And so now I am going to the doctors and the specialists, and they move me up through the ranks quick, and I come to the top gastroenterologist in in the area for... And uh, I go into his office and I say, I've got pancreatitis. And he says, there's no way you can tell me that, sir. We have to spend you $100,000 first and then I'll tell you that. And I was like, all right, whatever, do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he spent my money for me at the hospital there. And, uh, you know, as a sick man with dying up ahead, how am I going to pay this off? It didn't really play into it. And so I go in and he says, you have chronic pancreatitis. And I was like, I knew that, sir. And he was like, I said, what do we do about this now, man? My wife is pregnant. How do we treat this? Mm-hmm. And he said, we don't. And I was like, what do you mean? Come on now. And he said, you can have this pancreatic enzyme to try to keep you from starving to death. And you can have all the narcotics you want to keep you comfortable. And I wow. said, comfortable for what? And he's like, there's no, this is, this is it. There's no coming out of this. Your pancreas is half dead at this point for certain. There's nothing you can do here to get it back. Like you need your pancreas and this is your condition is what he told me. Okay. This is your condition. It's not a matter of let's fix your pancreas. It's you cannot fix your pancreas once it's dead. And Mm. so mine is not all dead. It's only half dead, you know? Right. Um, and so I stood up, I never, I never went back to that guy. I stood up with my wife and I was like, you can keep all that poison. That's just going to kill me faster while my wife has the baby, you know? Right. And so I stood up and left in total desperation, total desperation. Didn't know anything from anything. Here is Western medical science. And I am an espouser of scientism and Western medical science has said, we don't know. Go home, take pills and feel comfortable. And I said, man, what have I believed in if they can't, they don't know my body by now, 
with all this right. stuff and all these things yeah. that I can see and all this technology and all this understanding. And they can tell me there's no God, but they can't fix my body and mm. tell me what's wrong with it to begin with. Why not? Right. I thought these were their purveyors of absolute truth here, you know? Right. And so my distrust came, my distrust of authority came flooding back to me in a real way, yep. in a way that I had never understood before. But I says to myself, this is a lie here that they have told me. Hmm. If they can't fix my body or even tell me what's wrong with it, they don't even know what's wrong with me. You know, how right. can you say there's no cure? You don't know what's going on. Why That's can't you true. know what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so they just dismissed it. And so I dismissed them and I mm -hmm. went home and I, I was just sick. I didn't have any course of action, no hope. I wasn't looking anything up for cures. I started looking for truth. Mm -hmm. There's no cure here. They told me that. Um, right. I tried to do the vegan thing and I tried to do the Western medical nutrition thing. That would have killed me dead. It was <laughs> not working. Right. It would have. At my condition, not to say it's not something you can do, but in, sure. in my condition, I I needed animal fat. And, yep, um, absolutely. So I went home and just decided to stop looking for my health, and I needed to find the truth because I'm going to die here. Okay, that's what I said. I'm not right. going to do it on pills and all hyped out of, my, out of my mind. Right. I have been failed by the science that I thought was the absolute truth here of reality, and it seems a simple thing going on here that should be fixable. And they can't do it. So let me find out if there's some other truth. And so I went back to my world religions roots a little bit and mm -hmm. thought about, well, you know, what stories do I like and what did I really? And I thought, you know, the Hinduism and I'm supposed to be vegan here with my Western medical nutrition diet and I'm not supposed to eat any animals. And maybe I'm dying because I was eating animals. Oh. And I'm trying to figure it out at this point. I'm trying to rationalize. You're trying to see what's know? the karma that you're yeah. paying back. Yeah, what, and, yeah that's yeah. exactly it. What what karma have I incurred here to, to warrant this treatment? Right. From the universe, right? Right, yeah. And so I landed on Bhagavad Gita and because I refused the Bible. I ain't going back there. That's not true for a fact. You know, that was my mindset. Uh, yeah. And so I ended up Hare Krishna Bhagavad Gita book about Hinduism. And I already knew about some of this stuff anyway. And I read this story. And for some reason, my rational mind skipped the part right in the beginning where Arjuna loses his wife in a poker game. And that's what starts this whole thing off. Okay. He's the good guy <laughs> in the story, by the way. Um, <laughs> wow. Which actually turns out to be a mockery of the gospel. And I could mm. break that down for you, too. That whole story is a mockery of the gospel between the bride, Holy mm. Jerusalem, and the Lamb. It's a mockery. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Arjuna leaves the earth just before the flood in that story. Oh, wow. Um, or Krishna. I'm sorry. Shri Krishna hey, there. Krishna. Yeah. yeah. Shri Krishna. Shri Krishna. In that story, he leaves before the flood and they all die on the earth anyway. But... I knew some of this story. Oh, wait, that's what the Bible says. Oh, wait, that's what the Bible says. Oh, wait, look, that's from the Bible, too. Hey, the Bible's got their story from this. I already know that from all religions. It didn't come about until thousands of years after Sumer was writing on their cuneiform tablets. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they got the God of Abraham is made up from the dude there from Assyria or whatever. And... Baal, Lord, man, people are so twisted and confused about this. It's not even funny. And so was I at the time. And so mm -hmm. Hinduism sounded great. The book sounded great. I liked it. I'm rolling with it. I'm telling people about it. I'm starting to see a little glimmer of hope. I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And there's a gaping hole in my guts and this book ain't filling it. Okay. 
Right. It's not if something's wrong about I start looking, I'm like, man, he lost his wife in a poker game and what's going on here? And I don't, you know, some of this stuff is a little out there and I don't, it's not doing anything for me. And I'm scared and my right. wife is going to have a baby and I'm not going to be here. Mm. And I don't know what the truth is about life. And I didn't get a chance to figure it out before I was distracted trying to get st- substance and I didn't figure out what life was about. And now mine's over and I better figure it out before I go. That was my wow. main concern. Wow. I need to figure this out. I'm going and I need to figure out where and what. Okay. I don't right. quite trust the science that says I'm just going to disappear into oblivion because that sounds too good to be true at that point for me. All right. It yeah. really did. Am I going to go into oblivion from pancreatitis? That is a blessed hope at that point for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Oblivion sounded wonderful. Mm. Okay. But the more that I read, the more distressed I was that I don't have this truth. This isn't the truth. Okay. Something was yeah. ringing, not true. And so wow. one night while I was laying on the bathroom floor, I say in my testimony on TikTok, I, I was saved off the bathroom floor and everybody's like, oh, you were just dying and you saw a vision and a hallucination. And no, this was a this was a two year long process. One yeah. night I was on the bathroom floor where I lived there with my pillow and the blow dryer. And because if you can be cold on the bathroom floor and the blow dryer can be concentrated on one spot of your body, you can make. Uh, chill bumps and chill bumps produce dopamine and make you feel comfortable. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the ways I survived that was with the blow dryer and with the bathroom mm-hmm. floor. I lived there. Okay. Wow. For eight, mm-hmm. eight to 12 hours at a time during any pancreatic attack. And sometimes just half the day, I would just be in the bathroom, not throwing up and not being sick, but being so sick that I needed the comfort. I couldn't get up. I couldn't do anything. And I couldn't throw up either because there's nothing in my system because I haven't eaten in two or three days, you know? Yeah. So I'm laying there. And it's like towards the end of this eight hour episode where I have been throwing up just violently every 15 minutes, never a shortage because my liver is just dumping bile and my body's just cannibalizing itself from the inside with a special pyron that can't be killed and only comes out when I'm having pancreatitis. And there's a whole story behind that, I'm sure. Yeah. But it eats my muscles up and and I don't have anything not to throw up, no dry heaving. You, it's mm-hmm. bad for eight hours every fifteen minutes. As Gosh. soon as it ends, and you get that relief of, of you know, if you've got the flu or something, and you throw up, you get relief and you can go back to bed. But if you've got pancreatitis, it starts over immediately with doom and gloom, anxiety that starts creeping up like nausea, and then it creeps all over your head and brain, and feels like the universe is coming down on your head at the end. Is what the it's the worst anxiety that I can mm. imagine. Just yeah. doom and gloom anxiety, and then it's it culminates just, in throwing up. There's just like a chemical re- release that, that causes anxiety. Yeah. or yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, something to do with uh, my body telling me that this is ultra distress. You are dying right now if this don't right. resolve kind of thing. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And so ultra distress. And so there I am in my moment of ultra distress. And you had a hallucination. No, I did not. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear any voices. I prayed to God for the first time in... Maybe ever, if you want to consider some things, I prayed to God and I said, God, I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't have, I don't presume to know who you are, but I need to know what this, what this, what this is here. And I know that I have looked for everything without a God and there's not anything here to find without a God for me to know as truth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've looked for other gods and they're not serving me here in the realm of truth at all. And so whoever you are, God, please let me know what the truth is and who you are and what the truth is. That's all I ask for. You can heal me. You can kill me. I'm not concerned. I need to know what the truth is. Please 
God of all creation, tell me what the truth is. Oh, you hallucinated and heard a voice? He didn't tell me right then on the bathroom floor, okay? Do you know what happened? It was the end of the episode of my pancreatitis. I concluded my prayer. I gave up everything that I thought I knew about anything, and I got off the bathroom floor, and I waited. I waited on the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I prayed to him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't pray in the name of Jesus. I didn't say, save me. I waited. And what happened was, like the next day or two or three, um, our friends that we used to hang out with, uh, one of the attending or the whatever it's called, the lead physician on the rehab floor, yeah, was friends with. We used to go to dinner with them all the time and go to parties at their house all the time. And they called us after um, about a year of not hanging out or seeing them at all. And they said, hey, you guys want to come hang out? We're having dinner. And we haven't seen you in forever. And uh, Misty looks over at me with her single tear streaming down her eye because she knows I can't go. Right. But instead I say, instead I say, yes, let's go. Hmm. And she looks at me like, what? And I'm like, yeah, let's go to their house. Um, I'm, I'm just riding the flow at this point, right? They called out of the right. blue. I've been praying for God to show me and help me. I don't know what this is. I'm too sick to do anything, but let's go to their house. And so I did. And we went to their house and showed up for... It was just us and them. It was just going to be a dinner and we were going to basically drink all night and play games and have fun, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, but that's not what we were going to do because I showed up and went and laid down on their couch because I couldn't do anything else. And they looked at me just ghost face, jaw on the floor. What is wrong with you? You know, you're dying. And, the, and, and they, uh, so did we they told know them the story. what was going on with you? No. No, they, no, they didn't know. Okay. I hadn't talked to them in a solid year. Okay. And, uh, so. She took one look at me and was just like, what is this? And I said, it's chronic pancreatitis. I'm dying. And she said, you have to go see this Korean fella that is part of the UNC research program for Korean medicine okay. for um, Eastern medicine. Okay. And so I was like, I have no, no hope. Let's go see this guy. Okay. This is why we came to this tonight. Right? Yeah. At this point, this is how I'm seeing the universe, man. So you're, you, so you're starting to think like the reason why I'm here was because yes, of the this. reason why they called the reason why I accepted out of the blue when I couldn't even accept to go do anything. I planned to come lay on their couch. Okay. Yeah. And not enjoy myself or go for fun or anything. I just knew I had to go. I just knew I had to go. Okay. Right. And right. So when she said it and they called, I'm like, this is out of the blue. I'm looking for stuff out of the blue. Let's go entertain this, whatever this is out of the blue. And so the first, the conversation, we never got to dinner or anything. We left shortly thereafter because she put me in contact with a man named John Bay Park from UNC. And I went, scheduled an appointment, went to see this guy and he is crammed. And I mean crammed in the back of this tiny little uh, equipment room with a makeshift bed set up in it in the forgotten corner of like the sixth floor. Okay. And I go in and see him and uh, that's when everything started to turn around because first he was the most humble patient man I've ever met in my life. All the other doctors were half belligerent when I'm arguing with them saying there's got to be something we can do. No stupid boy. There's not right. Right. You stupid boy. But this man took his, took my shoes off with his own two hands and took my sweaty clammy socks off with his own two hands and then felt all over my sweaty clammy feet without saying a word about it. And then the most gentle, patient, loving, man I've ever known as, as a human on earth. And uh, I talked to him constantly. Is there a God? Is there a deity is associated with your medicine? Do you know a God? Is there a God? Right? I'm asking, really? do you know God? 
Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm begging people at this point. I thought you were an atheist. A true atheist doesn't believe in any me, 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 me. Well, you're dying, man. You're just looking <laughs> yeah. for. Anything. No, I need something. I needed anything. I'm, am I going to oblivion? I need to know that I'm going to oblivion after this, and I won't know anything, and it'll just be total nothing, no knowledge, no nothing, no consciousness, no perception. If that's the case, I'm gold with that at that point. Okay, right. if that's what happens. That's that's cool with me. I don't want to yeah. live like this no more. Right. I just don't want to end up worse off. And if and if I've landed in this position while I'm alive, how do I know that I landed in oblivion when I die? I didn't know I was going to get sick like this and not have a cure for it out of the blue, you know? Right. Yeah. How can I trust that the... Uh, yeah, how can I trust what's coming after this? I don't trust this that I'm in now. So... I asked him, and he never told me his name, but he said there is one God. And I come to find out later, those fellows are pretty much all Christian from South Korea. Oh, okay, wow. this man was come a Christian. On. Yes. And uh, he was a Christian because I was asking, there is one. And then he would tell me things like, bad doctor give you pills. And he had broken English. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but a bad doctor will give you pills. Right. And a good doctor will heal your body. But the yeah. number one doctor will heal your heart. Mm. And I thought he was talking about himself, and he was not, bro. This man was wow. praying over me the whole time. He was praying the whole time he worked on me. Come on. And uh, we did acupuncture. Oh, that's that's mysticism. Nah, it's just pulse points. It's just interrupting pulse points. It's 4,000-year-old unimproved medicine. If you guys are taking pharmaceuticals, then don't even talk to me about no stinking needles going into my pulse points. Right. Right. And, yeah, uh, well, there's so much uh, just just uh, on that piece, you know, that I feel there's so much that God is hidden in in all of creation for us to discover that we that I think the world has a type of, but it's it we don't have the the whole, you know. And so, but I mean, because people add their mysticism to stuff, but it's yes. like no, God, God designed our bodies to function like this. That there's a reason why this stuff there's works. A reason you, you don't worship the. You don't worship it. You worship God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw his little, they have a little uh, diagram of all the different pulse points. He had it on the wall and he had another little like uh, dummy on the table that had all the pulse points around so you could see where they are. And I noticed that everywhere he put his fingers to, to touch, to check my stuff, it was at all the pulse points. Everywhere he put a needle was, I could feel my own pulse thumping on it. You know what I mean? So there is something to that. And he knew- Absolutely what areas of my body were disrupted by the fact that my pulse points were weaker in some places than others and my flow was not getting to my clammy cold feet very well. Okay. And so he did some acupuncture and that stuff worked. I did it for six months. And I mean, it, the first time it was the worst pain I had ever felt in my life when he got the last needle into my gut. He put some in my ankles and he put them in my wrists and then he put some around my stomach. And then when he put the last one in, my whole back arched off the table. My sweat started pouring out of my pores. My teeth were chattering. It was the worst pain. It was like starting an old rusty engine. I could feel my guts. I mean, I could feel it. They started roiling all slow and painful. And every time they did, it was just like waves of complete intense pain. And I thought it was going wrong. I was like, doctor, this is the worst intense pain I've ever felt. And he gets right down in my ear and he says, no pain, no gain. And then he turns the light off and goes out of the room for an hour while I lay there freaking thinking I'm dying. Okay. And so by the end of the six months, the uh, acupuncture didn't feel like anything. He would get the needles in and nothing would happen. And then the last time I went in, he said, There's, I don't, you don't need to see me anymore. You can go eat wow. a bunch of bacon every day, he said, because you need the fat to rebuild your guts because your guts are done. 
Right. And right. Uh, he said, eat corn to scrub your guts out, eat whole grains to scrub yeah. your guts out and give you nutrition mm-hmm. and uh, don't eat processed garbage. He said, drink right. maple syrup, maple syrup and balsamic vinegar in a drink with water every day. It tastes like great Kool-Aid. I drink it every day. Yeah. Um, and basically said, eat, eat meat and vegetables with animal fat. That's what you need to rebuild That's your body. Awesome. It'll take you 15 years. He said, I'm on, 15 I'm years to regain your health. I'm about 11 years in, and that man was wow. right, man. I don't have acute pancreatitis. When I do get an episode now because I've been dumb, either I've not done enough physical activity to move my guts around, or mm-hmm. I've eaten something that shut them down sugary, okay, because oh, I got okay. tempted of it, okay? Yeah. That's yeah. how it happens now for the most part. And right. also, man, I'm going to say this, and I'm not even ashamed to say it. Here's what happens. If I need some chastisement, sir... I'll get tempted of a sugary thing and eat it and I'll get chastisement and it's not something I do on purpose and it lines up and it happens every time that way. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. That's how, yeah, that's how it happens. I get sick with pancreatitis. Now it is a thorn in my flesh. If I need to be jerked back into line and it just so happens, Oh, it's just cause you ate sugar. Yeah. How, how then did I go three months without eating it? And one night I just couldn't resist it. What? You know, I couldn't resist it this one time and it put me sick in the freaking bed after I needed this chastisement that I knew was coming my way. Mm. Maybe I, maybe I self-sabotaged. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, Food when I get sick now, addiction. it's addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now when yeah. I get, yeah, I mean, sugar is not something that I, I eat maple syrup now and it doesn't oh, make yeah. me sick, but I don't, I don't eat sweets. I don't need dessert. I, my food sucks for me. It's not a super <laughs> enjoyment. I do it to keep my body moving and healthy. Now I don't Absolutely. look towards it for, you know, to fulfill a satisfaction, it doesn't anymore. And that's right. okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm settled with that. So, but every now and again, oh, I think I could eat some ice cream and get away with it. Why do I think that? Right. Why do yeah. I think that? And then I well, do I mean, it and like, I only do it once. Yeah. It's, it's like the what? word, you know, it's like as a, as a dog returns to his vomit, you know, it, it, it's like, yeah. so, and, and so it's a good example that I have returned good... to my vomit in some way. And so I, I live that out in a physical in a physical example so that I can see why did I go to that thing I knew would kill me? And then I say, Oh, that's just the picture of what actually happened. I'm going towards this other thing. That's actually going to kill me, you know? Right. Um, right. But when it happens now, it only happens for about 30 minutes and I, I don't get sick anymore. It's like comes on, we know what to do. I get my guts moving and warmed up and, and it ends, I, you know, yeah. I, it ends and I, I know what's happening and I know what has happened, but it doesn't, I don't get sick and it doesn't put me down and I'm back up immediately for the rest of the night. It used to, even if it didn't fully come on, it used to put me down for a week and now I can go the rest of the day, not affected. If I had an episode, I woke up kind of sick this morning cause I ate too much last night and then slept a little funny and got up. As soon as I got up, I felt completely better. Wasn't, wasn't Man. sick at all. It just kind of put me in a good mindset to say, Lord, I need you today right off the bat and I get out of bed and fine. I don't have no pancreatitis. I'm not sick today. I feel great. Um, but that thorn in the flesh thing is real and I've got Mm -hmm. one. And so what happened was back to the story. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't receive Christ immediately. I still didn't know, know that Christ was it. And I wasn't looking towards that yet. And, uh, basically what happened was I went back to the the bookstore after Bhagavad Gita was no good. I said, I need another book. 
I'm, I'm starting to get treatment now. There's hope. This man gave me hope. He said, listen, you're going to live from this. It's going to take you 15 years and you have to be diligent and work hard and keep yourself disciplined. But in 15 years, you'll be back to what you were before you got sick. And I said, okay. Mm. And so I've been putting in that work as best as I can. And he was right. 11 years in, I am not sick like I was a year ago even. And definitely not sick like I was five years ago and nothing like I was t- 10 years ago. Yeah. So he was right. Man. And I'm working his steps. But that's just the physical thing, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. I was able to get up and about again, okay? I have a little bit of glimmer to my life again, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to eat food again and uh, not die every time I do. <laughs> yeah. And so I need to go to the bookstore. What book are you going to get, Ryan? I don't know. I just need to go get one. I know that uh-huh. I need to go to the bookstore today and get a book. And so I go and stumble upon a book just randomly looking up on the top shelf there called The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. And it's got all the Mystery Babylon stories from all around the world in it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading through this thing, which I don't necessarily recommend unless you're looking to understand the Gnosticism from the other side. Right, um, yeah. It's not a good book, in my opinion, but it's a good book for reference if you want to understand what they are saying about what they're saying. And then if you could read the Apocrypha along with it, and then you could look at the Catholic Church along with that, and then you could know what's going on there. Right. But at least that's what happened for me. Anyway, I got to the part in that book. I read about three quarters of the way through that massive volume, all the stuff that I already knew and had heard about from the world religions, but now you get to see it in detail from the different... Uh, mystery societies along with the ancient Egyptians and along with the ancient Assyrians and Persians. And here's the modern day Masons. And here's, you know, here's the secret teachings of all ages. Here's here's what it is basically is what the book says. I got to the Celts. I got to the Celts three quarters of the way into the book. And I read in their story about Aura Mazda, who is who they call God. Mm -hmm. And Aura Mazda's adversary in Celtic mythology. Can you guess what his name is? Uh, I don't have that one studied. No. Satan. Oh, serious. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So right away I'm like, well, okay. Or a Mazda and Satan. What's going on here? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm reading through and I don't remember anything else about their mythology except for or Mazda and Satan in this part. Cause I'm pretty sure I read the first paragraph and quit. That was in, that was the end of it. Wow. So, so like the first paragraph we'll say of this, uh, section of the Celts, starts with the story of Aura Mazda and Satan and how Satan thought he was the highest and didn't know that Aura Mazda was God. And when he found out, he rebelled. Wow. Wow. Okay. And immediately my mind goes back to childhood mm-hmm. and I say, wait, they're calling or they're calling Jesus Aura Mazda here. Yep. And in this story, Satan didn't know that Jesus was God. Mm-hmm. And so rebelled when he found out. Okay. Yep. And now I can clarify some of that now with, um, we won't even get into that. Okay. But sure. something yeah. rang a bell in my head. Satan has a reason to rebel here in this story. And it's yeah. not given to me in this other story other than he just was prideful and it, you know, it didn't quite make sense. Well, it's in the other story too. You just got to read it. But right. Well, I think even it's in, in that um, story right there where he takes Jesus up into the desert. Yeah. When you, when you look at story of, of some of where you have Norse mythology and whatnot, even, even in their story, the, the way that 
freedom, or I should say their salvation, so, so to speak, comes was from the Norse god who hung on a tree for days to obtain the sacred runes for mankind who otherwise didn't get it. Do you know why that is? It. It's a, it's a, it's a type know, of Christ. Do you know why that that's their story, though, so specifically? Tell me. Do you know who the Danes trace their lineage back to, the man's name? Who's that? It's right there in their name. It's right in their name. The Danes take the E and S off the end of it, and they say that they came from a man named Dan. Yes. Dan. Oh. Yeah. The sentence of Dan. Yeah. Wow. And so you see it takes over the coastal city there. Mm-hmm. And then throughout history, you see the name of Dan spread up, up the north coast there and, and in continues up the coast. And so... Consequently, they're the same genetic type as Anglo-Saxons and all the Germanic tribes as well. Right. And so there's a whole thing there. And then in Genesis 49, I believe, wherever it is that the 12 sons are getting their blessings, Dan's blessing says that he will judge my people as one of the tribes of Israel. And then it says he shall be a serpent in the way. There's the serpent mm-hmm. and adder in the path that, bore, that biteth the horse's heels and causes his rider to... I'll have to read this, man. It's hard to quote from... <laughs> Everybody thinks I just quote that off the top of my head. No, I got a phone in my hand and I can just read Right? It can you can open it, it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, the last part of his blessing says, I have waited on thy salvation, O Lord. And it's very interesting that he shall judge the people of Israel as one of the 12 tribes. How does that happen? I can tell you from scripture. Mm-hmm. And then he is the serpent that bites the horse's heel so his rider tumbleth backwards. I have waited on thy salvation, O Lord. Dan's the serpent. You read all about the serpent. And, oh man, there's a big thing there. Yep. Anyway, I, that was a big sidetrack. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that, a massive right. we'll study shoot, there. We'll shoot that, we'll shoot that, uh, that, that, that bunny trail with a shotgun, <laughs> but, sure. but sure. no, that, that was a good one. But, uh, but yeah, back to, so you went and found this book, you're, you're going through this book and then something about it, it, it made you think, man, this is the story of Satan. Why are the, why are the Celts yeah. having the story of Satan? And it points you back all the way to being a kid in church and something was starting to click for you. Yeah, because that was one of the stories I couldn't put together and nobody ever answered me. Why did Satan rebel? Well, it Pride was the mechanism, but like, what was the catalyst? You right. know what I mean? He just said in his heart one day, I could do this job. Maybe, or maybe there's a lamb slain since before the foundation of the world. Right, right. Right. And maybe he yeah. don't know that that lamb was with God and that lamb was God at some point. Because if we look at the angels... Which thing the angels seek to look into, the mysteries of the gospel on earth, which thing the angels seek to look into, desire to look Mm -hmm. into. The -hmm. angels don't know everything that's going on here between Christ and the earth. They're just doing their jobs as they're told. Okay. Yep. They don't have the whole story. They're just doing and they desire to know what's going on here. They're not sure. Okay. Yeah. And so that plays to the thought of, well... Maybe Satan wasn't sure either. And then when he found out that this lamb who is made a little lower than the angels, and I keep coming back to this thought, crucified before, slain mm-hmm. before the foundation of the world. How is that? You know? Yeah, and right. made a little lower than the angels was that lamb. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. So that story rang something. I'm not saying anything or saying that that's true or that's what happened. Okay. It just made sense in my mind that that yeah. is what happened. And it seems scriptural that that might be true, that the angels don't know everything. And when they yeah. find out 
they either can choose to serve God or they can choose to not, I guess. Right. Um, But for me, that was Mm -hmm. a catalyst that said, "Uh oh, wait a minute. Wait one minute here. There's a reason. There's logic to this story. Right. I thought this I thought this story was Santa Claus and it was illogical. But no, here's some logic that goes with this story. And so the next book that I ended up picking up and I'm not even sure how probably watching YouTube videos suggested (laughs) book of Enoch. Yep. Okay. I picked up yeah, the book of Enoch. One. I'm reading through this thing and I'm like, I come to the part where God basically says, I'm going to come down there and fix it myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Right there. I mean, he's saying he's going to come sacrifice <laughs> himself and do it himself and reconcile man to himself. Like I've heard this story before. Yeah. Why is this book saying that? And it's not about right. some other God with a different name or some other thing. This is about the God of Abraham, bro. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I'm sitting back. I'm like, my shoulders are slumped. I'm like, oh man, you know what? What am I into here? What am I about to get into here? I watched a couple of historical conspiracy type videos that weren't too far out there, but they were kind of based in history in the Catholic Church and kind of some introduced into some of that area of stuff a little more. And I had already, you know, studied this, so it was kind of putting pieces together that I didn't know were there. And uh, one day watching one of those videos, something the dude said just clicked real hard with me. And uh, at that moment, I knew that Jesus was Christ, God on earth, crucified for my sins, slain before the foundation of the world. And it felt like I didn't have a vision and I didn't see a thing and I didn't see Jesus open in his arms or anything like that. And I'm not Mm -hmm. discounting if people have, but I do not. I did not have any such a thing. What I did have... I can't really describe the feeling of it, but it did feel like something rushed into me from above is the only way I can really describe it. And what it was when it happened was a pure release of, man, I had so much regret that I had been holding and I had so much repentance, I guess. I don't know. The realization Mm -hmm. that Jesus was God and here I am sinned against him to the utmost, right? I'm just filled up with sin against him. It was, it was both a filling and a release, almost filled as I released kind of feeling. I can't describe it any other way. I let go of, and I don't mean let go. I mean, it came out. I was bawling my eyes out. Here I have, I've crucified the son of God afresh, right? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, Oh, man. And so it was powerful. It was both cleansing and um, heartbreaking and just the most heartbreaking thing. Mm. But at the same time, the most love following thing. I don't know how to describe it in words, man. I'm sorry. It, no, it's it's kind of, I mean, dude, you're doing amazing and your testimony is powerful. It's, it's like it, at the same moment you had a revelation of, of your sin, but, in, but instantaneously a revelation of love and, and forgiveness. And forgiveness, yes. It followed, one followed right after the other. I understood without even understanding yet. I didn't understand it. And this is what I call to intuition. If people want to, you know, that's the word I use, mm-hmm. intuition. Yeah. I knew the truth of the word of God before I knew the full word. Okay. I knew right. enough of right. it to know this is true. Okay. This is true. This is true. And so what happened next was I picked up the Bible and I started reading it like I had never read it before because I hadn't really, not with the spirit of truth. I had never read the Bible with the spirit mm, of truth in yeah. my life. Okay. Yeah. 
and you've, you'd always read it veiled you know it's all it, like it, yes you know, the word god talks about those who he uh you know who can't hear because they're their eye or see their eyes yeah. are veiled their ears are covered because you know, i had like, rejected him how could i get the truth from it you know yep yep um but what i found over and over i kept putting my finger on the paper and saying ah lord i didn't know it said that right wow yeah and here's this here's this because uh, now i'm comparing what do i know what do i know about the bible and have i been taught about the bible compares to what the actual you know the bible actually says here right right and so I started digging in and what I found over and over and over and over again was that all the stuff that I had been taught was not true. And it was twisted up in some way, even if just a little bit, just twisted enough. I just came, man, I came off of two days in a row of arguing people on TikTok that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this not a biblical foundational truth that Jesus yep. is God manifest in the flesh? I don't. They called me a modalist. They called me a this. They called me the that. I'm just like, man, do we not know that Jesus? And then they did. They argued me. Jesus is not God. He said, so here, 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 and here. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> right? No, he did not say that. That's not what mm-hmm. he said. Why do you call me good? There's only one who is good. He didn't mm-hmm. say, don't call me good. He said, why do you call me good? Yep. Oh, man. Anyway. He's like, oh, dude. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. get preaching right on that. I mean, Jesus, yeah. it's good. Come on now. Jesus was yeah. God. He said before Abraham was, I am. That he literally claimed the name of God. I am. Come on. Yep. He is, he, he is. This the is name. foundational. Yeah. Well, and even and like basically, when you look Old Testament, you know, the name, you know, you have you have the, the angel of the Lord and even the name of the Lord. The name often was was an entity. And that in Old Testament uh, was a semblance of God himself, you know. And so it's like, yes, it's just so powerful when you when you finally have the veil lifted and you can actually read the word because there's there's a spirit of confusion and there's a spirit of 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 blindness uh upon people who who haven't been delivered from it uh that that you know i see it on kids all the time being a youth pastor they come into a youth group they're a visitor or a friend brings them in it's like i don't care how many red bulls they just drink they cannot stay awake when the gospel starts being preached Yep. It, 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 there, there, there's a, a, a mute spirit, a dumb spirit that just covers them and they cannot even hear it and receive it until, until there's a grace upon them. And I'm not going to get into all the, you know, um, Calvinism, Arminianism, all that kind of, that's not what I'm talking about here, but I'm just saying that right. it is a spiritual warfare yes. for people to get revelation because my people perish for lack of revelation knowledge you know they they, yeah. it, they don't know and, and it's but, a willful it's a willful ignorance yes they yep. willfully won't look it they won't seek it yep yep and so this that spirit of dumbness and blindness does come upon them because they won't seek it they don't want it they don't even want it and that's why it happens is be- yep. and that's why it happened to me i reject i didn't want it you know i want something yep. else to be true instead i want to do what right. i want i want to live right. a good life i don't want well, to be way- a a pious Christian that, who has to give my will over to the Lord. What? No, yeah. I saw well, what he did. You know, you know, it's, it's as even as the word says, you know, that there's a way that seems right to a man, you know, but the in the end, there it leads our to death. death. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So, so boom, you had this like encounter where everything you studied, I mean, like, and to some degree, just truth came out of it. it, yes. it it's like, it's almost as if you saw the red, you know, some people make a, the- make a, you know, weird theologies out of this but like the red thread of of the truth of jesus right and yes and pull it out right of of every other culture and you're like man all of this is pointing 
you know, to the savior. All of this is, you know, you've got this religion over here. That was Jesus. You've got this religion over here. That was Jesus. Almost as if Jesus Christ had hidden himself in every culture for us to come along. Like Paul to the unknown, to the unknown God, I now make known. That is right. Boom, there he is. And And the most interesting part, the most interesting part of that concept, which you just said, which is true, God hid his word even in the enemy's testimony. That's right. Is that all of these religions are twisted and distorted versions of Christ. It is in there. And the devil has twisted it into a lie for these other people. And but when the gospel is preached, they say, Oh, and Satan. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe this Jesus was or a Mazda who we've been hearing about all along. Something Mm. in there to jog their memory, because if if Satan uses it for evil, God will turn it for the good. That's right. And so what I found was all these religions are not the same, but they are. It's all Mm -hmm. mystery Babylon. It's Mm -hmm. all started right there in Sumer. Mm -hmm. Nimrod in history gets married to his mother after his father dies and is deified as the reincarnation of his father. Bush and conquers the neighbors there right from the start. And then him and his mother are deified. That's Ashtoreth and Baal. Um, it's Osiris and Isis and Osiris. It's yep. the Madonna in the Catholic Church. Yep. Yep. Um, the Queen of Heaven, Ashtoreth. Yes. And so they also have a pantheon of fallen angels there with them from the before the flood. Yep. And yep. they just represent the embodiment of the fallen angels in the Madonna and the baby. And everybody's like, oh, that's Jesus. And they made that up from Jesus. No, it's the twisted tale that was the truth because right. Noah didn't write a book, man. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. then it's the fragments of the book of Noah. I've not really looked sure. into that part, but he didn't start a city. I know no. that. Cush started the city, and then all these other fellows started the cities, and then Ham's descendants are the ones that conquered and set up the first empire. And we know by example of Scripture that the prince of the empire is always Satan. We know that from Scripture. Daniel, in my opinion, clearly says that by naming two of them and predicting the second one. Even when we look, not to not to you know get my podcast flag, but even when we look into just the rulers of the nations today, they they are spiritually influenced and and. At the highest point, you know, uh, are they being influenced by by Yahweh, by 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 Jehovah, or are they being influenced by, you know, the rulers of this earth, the prince of the powers of the air? You it know, the powers of darkness. Entirely on whose spirit their soul is clave to. There is a spirit yep. that is from this world, and there's that is from God, and yep. it's one or the other, and there is no in between there. That's right. It's true. One or the other. It's true. So what so, you see there yeah. with civilization spreading out from Sumer. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. They got off the flood and they spread out. Japheth's fellas walked out first and they populated mm-hmm. the Gentiles of the Isle or the Isles of the Gentiles. Um, and then, you know, Ham's people started civilization. And so they started the writing. Yeah. They started they started building the Tower of Babel and then God struck them all with different languages to confuse them and sent them and they went separate ways. And yeah. that's that's a good that's a good, clear, solid answer to why there's no commonality to the roots of the languages the world over. And right. so that's because they don't come from any common root. They got struck. No, there. they all got, they all got confused. Well, I mean, and that's yeah. the whole Deuteronomy 32 worldview there of like, you know, God confused their languages. And then it says he, uh, he, he uh, sent the Nate. I'm sorry. I'm not 
quoting it exactly right because I don't have it in front of me, but uh, that he confused their languages and then he assigned them, right? They went off in the directions according yeah. to the numbers of the sons of God, right? You know, yeah. and, and like, so there's a whole worldview that uh, people um, interpret this as, you know, as human uh, leaders, but there's another one that says, no, these are, these are the, the, you know, angelic, uh, they are know, as, and, and so they're angelic nations have angelic many leaders. Defected. Yep. That's a fact. And so many Angels of them defected. They would worship them Every like nation. deities. And yep. That's yep. even seen again at, in revelation, the, the, the letters are to the seven angels of the seven churches, man. <laughs> it's so you know? true, man. I, yeah. you know, on that on that piece on Revelation, it is it's crazy because there's I think there's three um, three problem uh, uh, verses in that in that moment of scripture because you have uh, you've got angels is mentioned seventy seven times in the book of, Re- in Re- of Revelations and there's only eight times that they're mentioned that people have a, a scholars have a conflict saying oh no this this is talking about the messengers this is talking about the people that went from church to church to share a message but every other time it mentions angels we're talking about supernatural deities but only when it's talking about the the church it's like man that that just doesn't that just doesn't line up they they had the language to use a different word well daniel clears this up in chapter 10 man when he says that michael is the prince of the people of israel the guardian of israel that's right and and he also names the prince of Persia as who's who they are resisting. They're fighting a spiritual warfare there. That's not yep. a physical thing going on. And then oh. he prophesies the coming of the prince of Greece in relation to the fact that we're going to have to fight this dude next. You know, right, right. And the only one that holdeth with me in these matters is Michael, your prince. Who yep. is the restrainer restraining the Antichrist from taking over Jerusalem? Please tell me who it is. Yep. It is Man. it's Michael, the prince of it Jerusalem. Is. And when he stands up, there will be trouble like there has never been before and never will be again. It says right there in Daniel chapter one, when he's taken out of the way, then comes the trouble that has never been before. You know? That's right. It's so Man, clear. I, it is so clear. And 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 on that, it's like, you know, it's so encouraging to see how in an really it was it was a lifetime to some degree, but it was an instant that God brought his revelation knowledge by a spirit of, of, of his word to you and transformed your life. And, and, uh, and you began your pursuit of knowing him and, and knowing, okay, I believe in God, but I want to know the God I believe in. And I feel like that's where people sometimes stop is they believe in God. They say the prayer, but do they want to know the God they believe in? It's, it's like Abraham, uh, I mean, Moses and, uh, and the Israelites, you know, uh, Moses, I said, Israelites knew, uh, the acts of God, but, but Moses knew his ways, you know, oh, wait, yeah. Is it, or, yeah, maybe or was it Abraham? I'm sorry. I'm, I've got either way, here, but yeah, understanding, right. You, you, you can see like, the stuff you know and you ways. can do, it's just like the Pharisees, man. They, they, they knew more than everyone else. The scriptures, they knew the mm-hmm. scriptures by the letter of the law more than everyone else. Right. And they didn't know anything about the scripture. Their father was the devil and their synagogue was a synagogue of Satan having yeah. the scriptures in their hand and being the most learned men in the land, according to that book. Okay. Right. And right. that's what people don't realize when you get saved, man, if you just jump into any random thing or any random YouTube or any random preacher, and you just let them tell you what it says, mm-hmm. you've done yourself a disservice. I don't care how good they are. Yeah. You've done yourself a massive disservice because what I found was that when I distrusted every man and just let God be true, look, there are true men out there. Don't, Absolutely. Word of God in their mouth. Sure, there are. 
But if you don't know the word, how do you know who's true? Mm. Yeah. You know, if you're not reading it yourself and a man is telling you something that sounds convincing and it sounds logical and it, it appeals to your relative senses for your experiences here on earth, um, you can be convinced of anything, man, if, you, right. if you're trying to do something without convincing yourself from the source itself. Right. And I see I see what you're saying, because it's true, because even when I share with my students, you know, and whatever, it's like, hey, you guys don't just take my word for it just because I have just because I'm wearing some sort of title that says I'm a pastor, like just because I went to Bible college that that don't let that fool you. You need to pursue this stuff for your own. Don't just say yeah. amen at the end of their prayer if you don't That's agree right. with it because because you're saying let it be, you know, so yeah. be it, Lord. So it's like you, you are accountable for your relationship to God. I'm accountable for what I teach you and I'll be I'll be accountable to God. Uh, b- before him for what I taught and what, I, what what I released, but but you are responsible for your faith. I, I I'm not going to follow you all the days of your life. I'm here right. for a season. You know, some of you I might might know longer, but ultimately you have to pursue God. You have to know His Word for you, and and I I can't do that for you. I can lead you to Him, but I cannot I cannot be the relationship that you have with God. You have to choose that and. I mean, what would you say uh, if I were to ask you, um, what would what would you say to yourself as that 13 year old, 14, 15 year old kid who just really was was struggling with with leadership, authority, struggling with even like, man, who are these people? What would you say to yourself now, having gone through everything? I think that really going back knowing that I was going to be such a skeptic and such a denier of authority, I'm still kind of there, not in any like terrible way. I don't sure. break the law or anything, but I don't believe anything anybody tells me until I uh, see it written down there for myself. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't take people's word for anything because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so I'm just yeah. going to go to the source every time. Yep. Um, but what I would say to myself is it's, it's not bad that you're a skeptic. It's not wrong to be skeptical and to question and to search things out. As a matter of fact, that's important. You got to want to search things out. But if you're going to reject authority mm-hmm. and all authority, mm-hmm. then you're going to come up with an empty hand. You're going to come up with an empty hand because all knowledge comes by way of some authority. Either it's a scientist in a lab coat or coat or an astronaut in his space shuttle helmet or mm-hmm. a priest in his robes or you know any number of things if you're going right. to believe anything it's going to come from an authority on the subject either he wrote a book that you read or he made a video that you watched or there's a whole movement about it and a lot of people follow it and believe it or it's just a little group and it's hidden or it doesn't matter there is right. no knowledge on the earth that comes any way other than through some authority some authority so if you if you reject all authority then you've rejected knowledge because how can you trust anything then it's all not knowledge none of its knowledge because it all got written down by people okay right right yeah so you can't reject all authority otherwise you reject all knowledge and that's just a logical fact mm-hmm. okay right and so if you're going to reject and be skeptical, that's okay. Yeah. But consider the source that is the authority of what you accept. 
Okay. It's not so much about what you're kicking out and rejecting all the time. Sometimes it's about what you are accepting and you say that you're a skeptic and that, um, sorry, my buddy just walked up about scared me half to death. Thought he was a bear (laughs) on my front porch. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Okay. What you accept people think Mm -hmm. that there's six and then they tell me in my comments all the time on TikTok. It happens. Um, People tell me that they're skeptics and then they'll name off some scientific stuff and say, this is the truth. And I'm like, how skeptical can you be if you're just Mm. taking this from that authority? Why is that the authority? Well, because they can prove it with microwaves and cars. And I'm like, no, the one thing don't always equate the other. Microwaves work with microwaves and other things related to microwaves. That doesn't mean multiverse, you know, right? that doesn't equate. That doesn't equate to... um, life springing forth from lightning hitting a puddle of mud it just doesn't okay there is observable right, right. science and there is testable science and then there is it might be provable in the math in some way but if you're in the equation which we always are then you can't come to the you can't come to the right answer if you're missing all the variables you can get close and you can see what it looks like i think that's how we arrived at deep time is uh, we don't know all the variables. And so we measure these things out and say, oh, they must. And then we get into a circular reasoning. The bones are this old because they were in this strata. The strata is this old because we found the bones in it. Um, right. I don't buy it. You know, I'm skeptical of that. I'm not saying it's not. That's no kind of deal breaker for me, but I'm skeptical of the word that comes by man in any way, shape, or form. And what I have found is that the truth is in the Bible, not by way of I read it and it sounded good and it felt good, but that I read it and that I believed it and that I accepted it and that it is true by evidence in my life. It is true. I put the other books to the test. I put the science and the scientism to the test. It didn't go. What did go was when I picked up the Bible and I said, okay, Lord, this is it, and I accept I accept the free gift that is the grace that was your sacrifice on the cross. And I don't have to do anything to be reconciled to God except believe your word. Oh, now you don't have to do anything. I can sit on the couch for the rest of my life now. Nope. Jesus said a bunch of stuff, man, and I got to believe all of it. I got to believe all of it. You know, you either got to believe it all or reject it all. And yeah. And, and now that I know that it's the truth, Why do I want to chase any other thing? Not to say I didn't, because it takes a while to grow in faith. It takes a while to grow in understanding. I didn't just know everything about the Bible right away or how to live, or I've started from the ground up and started all over again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took it from the Word of God, though, without considering what men were telling me if it didn't line up with what God was saying in the Bible. Right. And I think that's where we need to get back to with everything all the time. If you do believe Jesus, why wouldn't you crave to know what his word says? Mm. If you, how, What do you believe about Jesus? Right. I think that's what everybody should ask themselves. All you have to do is believe to be saved. Yes, but believe is not just an abstract word that means uh, think it's true. Right. Think what's true. What do you think is true about Jesus that you believe about Jesus? Well, he died for my sins. Okay, you believe that. What does it mean? Oh, I don't know. Did he go to hell? Oh, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. Okay, well, did he... You know, what do right. we know? Yeah. What, so what do you believe? And man, I feel like that's such a good call to our young people uh, and, and people in general, period. But uh, is, is that really, if you believe, like, do you believe? Because I, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm even guilty and I've been seeking the Lord on this side of things of, 
you know, the, the excitement of evangelism and sharing the good news of the gospel. And man, did I get someone to say the prayer out on the streets? You know, it's like, that's cool. But like now that they've with their mouth accepted Jesus Christ and maybe they had a, had a moment, are they going to pursue him? And then are they going to really know what it is they believe or is, or is the next time something difficult comes by going to become the authority in their life? And well, Mm -hmm. I can only, you know, do, do what I can because these are the cards God dealt me. It's like, I was even talking with my father-in-law who's in the hospital right now uh and and you know he's he's there because of a byproduct of life's decisions and you know what and and wrapped his you know felt got into a ditch with his car and people found him thankfully in the morning but you know he ended up there because of of his choices and so you know we're, we're here helping him a little bit but we're we're gonna head home here today and the reality is i was telling him all about when david you know was fleeing saul but then he went to rescue uh the city of kayla right of kilia and uh yep. sorry i pronounced that inappropriate wrong but it ultimately he david inquired of god saying you know hey if i stay here uh, what will they will saul come and seize this city and will he take me away and he's like, yeah, God says, yeah, he will. And he asked him again, will the city give me up? And will the city be attacked by Saul? Yeah, it will. And then he says, hey, all right, uh, next verse, you see him. They left that city and Saul didn't go and didn't attack. Does that make God a liar? No, that just means that Saul, that David sought God, heard from him and said, hey, you know what? God knows all things. So I'm going to take the information I know now and apply it to my life. If I'm still yeah. here, I'm going to die, but I'm going to not stay here. I'm going to move on, right? You know, it's, so it's really? like... We're, it, God doesn't cause all things to happen. He know He does cause some things to happen, but He knows the, He has perfect knowledge. He knows every possible outcome. And so, if we yes. want to know God and we want to really know Him, we have to not just say, "Well, you know, my life just is tough because that's how it's going to be," or "You know, God didn't want me to know Him until I got until I." Tr- 35 years old. Not true, but maybe not he true. knew, <laughs> maybe he knew that, that might yeah. take you that long, but that's only circumstantially. You have the ability to partner with God. And just because he knows a thing does not mean he caused the thing, right. but he can make all things for the good of those that love Christ. And that's why I tell my kids, if you put your, if you put your uh, glasses there and somebody steps on them, then mm-hmm. You're not going to have a pair of glasses until I get them fixed or whatever. Yep. And, well, that's not true because I have an extra pair in the thing. But if we're down to pair three because he's done it twice in a row, <laughs> you know, right. if he breaks his glasses after I've told him not to put them there and he puts them there and they get broke from being there, right. did I make the glasses break? No. No. Did I know they would get broke? Yes. Did I warn him? Yes. Whose fault is it? His mm-hmm. alone, period. It's not God's fault. He didn't cause the things to happen. He just yep. warned you that they are going to. Yeah. Or, or a potential that they could. Yeah. That they could. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if then, if not, then, you know, it's, it's a lot of if thens. Right. Right. There's choices to make. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I I really, really enjoyed the chat today. I wish I could go on for, you know, hours more. Yeah, me (laughs) too. (laughs) uh, I know we both got lives and and things going and can, before I, before we end this, um, can you just let me, let people know where, where can they find you? Where can they get more information about you? I'm I'm only on TikTok and YouTube and I'm barely on YouTube yet, but I'm I'm starting to kick that up. But I am mm-hmm. at Modern Bushman on everything, everywhere. Okay. And that's it and that's all. All right. So I'm on TikTok is my main thing. That's where I'm always at answering the most messages. Yeah. Um, and and comments. used to be a, a battle. Used to be a master leather crafter, huh? Well, I like to use that term and other people like to use it, but no, probably not. 
I did okay. it for 10 years and I, I would technically mastered it for like what I need to do. But man, I had so much more to learn when I, when I burnt out on it, it was just, right. but it was, it was great while it lasted, but Absolutely. it's all there to look at on the videos. Yeah. Cause yeah, I noticed you got some pretty, pretty good exposure on a few of those videos. So, um, well, Hey Ryan, it really was a blessing to talk with you and, and thank you for sharing with our kids. And, and once I get this all, disseminated i'll i'll let you know where everything's at but let me just uh if if you wouldn't mind could i just pray with you and bless you before we end yes sir all right well heavenly father i just thank you for ryan and his family i thank you for his testimony oh god i thank you for the testimony of jesus in his life and how that will bring life to many lord god or empower others to know uh the saving grace that is found in yeshua jesus god i ask that you continue to heal ryan's body even as he's put in the discipline to tend for his body, God. I thank you would continue to heal his body and that you would continue to strengthen him. And I thank you for the revelation of your word living in his life and uh, as you as you breathe upon it by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for bringing blessings into his life, Lord God. And, and even, for the, uh, even for the areas where there's increased, where it feels like there's increased warfare in the last few, se- uh, in the last several weeks even, God, I thank you, God, that you're going to bring blessings, Lord God, for what the enemy meant to be birthed. Burdens, and you're going to lift the lid off of areas where he thought that that he couldn't previously go beyond, Lord God, and he's going to step into a new level of authority, influence, Lord God, and even personal healing, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, Lord God, as you continue, as we continue to be made into the image of God more and more every day as we renew our minds through the hearing and hearing. I thank you for peeling away the layers, Lord God, little bit by little bit, because you're gracious not to expose all of our faults and failures to us all at once, but you just do it little bit by little bit. So I thank you for your truth living in him and bless his 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 household, his, chi- his uh, child, I believe just one, <laughs> and his wife, Lord God, uh, but his whole house. May your shalom rest upon on him in the mighty name of Yeshua Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, bud. All right. Well, thanks. And I will chat with you again sometime soon. And maybe we can do this again. Have a good day. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.com. Dot Johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.